don't you hear my Savior calling? I said, who will go and work today? Yes, fields are ripe and harvest waiting. Who will bear the shields away? All right, hello everyone. This is Brother Chris Hewitt, and with me is missionary Brother Matthew Beaver. He is missionary to uh, the Western states, currently right now in Idaho, and his sending church is Bethel Baptist Church in North Carolina. His pastor is Brother Paul Moss. Brother Paul Moss and I went to Bible college together years ago, and this will be the first in a segment of hopefully many uh, in this series on the Who Will Go uh, page and the uh, the podcast and on the YouTube channel of where we interview missionaries. Sometimes they'll be on the field like we are today. We're utilizing uh, the uh, this Zoom app. I'm just recording on Zoom, and it's going to be very beneficial because uh, Brother Matthew and I are probably, I'd say, over 2,100 miles away from each other right now easily, and it would take me two and a half days to get out there to him. But thankfully, we have this uh, avenue of of technology to get the word of god out and we're gonna just go through some questions he and i are gonna have a uh question answer session kind of and i i want us to just have a good conversation brother matthew's a good brother we've uh we've mentioned him on our page before but these uh missionary monday videos will just be interviews in the future whether the missionaries on deputation or furlough or whether they're on the field and brother matthew uh happens to be on his field right now so uh welcome brother matthew thank you for being on with us today and i hope uh hope this is a joy and a blessing to you as it it is to us and uh, i just want the folks to get to know you and and listen i brother matthew and i we're not going to talk about support and stuff like that but every missionary i know once they get to the field they need support and so we're gonna in the description of the video there'll be his uh contact info or in his support info and things like that so brother matthew the first question uh, I want to ask you about today is uh, can you tell us about your call? Uh, what, where, how did you grow up? Your salvation experience, uh, your call to, to preach, and, and and initially, what what? How old are you, brother Matthew? I'm 29. Okay, so you're about you and I are about the same age. I want you to tell us about you know what what makes a 29 year old man uproot his family from the southeast in the Bible Belt and move them all the way around the other side of the country and uh, start planting churches. So can you tell us about your call? Yes, sir. Um, my testimony, I got saved uh, 14 years old, April 17, 2005. There at Bright Light Baptist Church in Concord, North Carolina. It's Brother Ronnie and, Simpson, uh, I was correct? Raised, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what I thought. And I got, uh, I was raised in a, you know, a family that went to church. We were raised in church. Um, I got saved when I was 14 and felt the call of God in my life to, uh, preach Amen. and, uh, surrender to preach and, and preach, you know, anywhere we could, we had bus ministry preach, the, uh, you know, bus church, uh, juvenile prisons, uh, you know, anywhere I could preach nursing homes, did all that. And, uh, I was going to Bible college and stuff. That's uh, when I got saved and surrendered to preach and, and was preaching. And then the Lord led us uh, pastor the Friendship Baptist Church in St. Paul, North Carolina, for two so. years. Uh, pastor there from 2014 to 2016. And then uh, the last three years before we come here, just pretty much uh, you know, work and, and uh, work job and then preach, build in for churches and build in for churches needing pastors and pastors, stuff like that. And uh, in about 
February, March of last year, uh, God really began to work in our heart about uh, seeking his will, uh, you know, as far as pastor and missionary work or whatever it would be the Lord would have us do. And I really uh, began to you know, fast and pray and really get in God's word. And um, when the Lord began to uh, deal with me about that, uh, we went, uh, I called brother uh, Nathan Kirkman, missionary out here in, uh, near Salt Lake City, Utah. Yes, sir, He's a in good of uh, Logan, Utah. And um, just kind of shared some of the burden that I had, you know, what the Lord was doing. He helped us pray about it. And uh, in May of last year, he had a missions conference and was launching the uh, Intermountain West Ministries there out of his church, kind of bridge the gap between, you know, the West and, and the East and to help pastors, you know, and, and preachers, giving them an avenue to come out and just to travel out West and see if it'd be something the Lord would have them to do. And uh, kind of the circumstances started going along with that. I began to pray to see if that'd be something that the Lord would let me do, come out in May to be in that meeting yes, and pray and, and see what the Lord would have us to do. And um, around that time, I, I had a good job there in North Carolina. I worked in a, a shop for a uh, logistics company, and it was doing good. And um, the Lord began to use some situations there, uh, cutting hours and stuff. Even in the midst of that, I saw God provide everything, the means to be able to come out in May. And probably about two to three weeks before I come out to Brother Kirkman's, I heard about Solid Rock Baptist Church. And the Lord had started working in my heart about the need of church planning, uh, uh, the West, you know, and, and planning churches. But also what the Lord really began to work on my heart was there were a few existing churches out here that were in needed areas uh, that were looking at closing their doors because they couldn't get a pastor. And, um, you know, this church had been here since 1996 and been through a, a few pastors and the last one went, went so great. And as God, you know, began to work on that, he opened the door. The Sunday that I was here um, in May, they didn't have a preacher to fill in for them that day. And so I said, well, me and my pastor, Brother Paul, he flew out with me. So we'll drive over and I'll preach for you. And I really didn't have, you know, intent of candidating there, you know, or anything. I was just going because it was the open door and wanted to be a blessing to the people here at Solid Rock. And uh, we drove over that Sunday morning. The Lord worked it out while we were here to come over and I preached for them. And uh, they wanted me to go home and pray about it. And uh, we went through the missions conference and I really felt the Lord would have us in the West, but didn't have no specific direction. Went home and for two weeks I fasted and prayed uh, to see what the Lord would have us to do. And uh, he gave gave me and my wife peace. We were praying about it and uh, fasting together about it. And the Lord gave us peace to come back out as a family. And the Lord provided all that for us. So in July of last year, we flew back out and spent six days in this town and trying to get to know the people of the church, to know the area, and just to uh, you know, pray and while we were here, uh, one one morning, me and my wife got up, and she was, you know, reading and, and studying the Bible, you know, on her own. And I was in another room, and we began to share some of the stuff that the Lord had been speaking our hearts about. And the Lord was speaking, you know, to our hearts through the sure. Word of God, basically about the same thing. And um, if you don't mind, I, I, I'll share with you the yes, verses sir. that Please really do. worked in my heart about. And can I say something right here? 
Uh, if you're right. a young person listening, a young family listening, let me say this, uh, you young ladies and young men that may be listening and are watching this, uh, Brother Matthew just said something very profound. He has a wife that uh, on her own was praying and seeking God about uh, their family's will, the will of God for their family. And uh, listen, if you're out there and you're praying about a spouse, uh, you know, we're talking about the call of God to missions, but uh, you need to go ahead and start praying that God would send you a spouse, uh, whether you're a young lady or a young man, that would have that kind of heart to be willing to leave everything behind and and come to go to a place, whether it's in Idaho or whether it's in Zimbabwe. Uh, that's always the country I use when I'm talking about foreign missions is Zimbabwe. You need to be praying that God would give you a spouse like that, uh, a man that will lead and follow God, and a lady that will follow God's man as he leads yeah. and will be sensitive to God. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that I just couldn't pass that up, Brother Matthew. That, that blessed my heart. Go ahead, Brother. Sure. Yes, sir. But that, that, that's very much needed because, you know, uh, the Lord put me and my wife together, and I know the Lord called me to preach, and he's, he calls the man to lead the home. Yes, but you know, if your wife's not on board, it, it won't ever work. Exactly so I'm blessed right. to have a wife that's always been heavily involved and prayed. and You know, I couldn't do it without her for sure. But, uh, you know, we're, we were praying, and I got up one morning, and she was studying, I was studying, and uh, I was reading in the book of Matthew chapter number nine, and it's very, you know, I preached out of these verses, heard it preached. But uh, I was interested in, in verse 36 of Matthew nine, where Jesus, you know, Jesus had been in the villages and the synagogues preaching among the people. In verse 36, it says, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. And I just started, you know, running reference to moved with compassion that is mentioned in the word of God. And I counted up it was about 11 times in the gospels that it talks about Jesus being moved with compassion. And it wasn't just, you know, a burden because, you know, you know, as well as I do, you travel, you see things, you know, yes, missionaries. Sir. I grew up in a church that was heavily mission minded. We have missionaries sent out of our church yes, and sir. it's easy to get a burden for a place. Um, if you're you know, in any touch with the Lord and, and want to do something for God, you see lost souls everywhere. Yes, but I believe a calling's different than just a burden. That's right. And where I you know, I seen the call personal was that when he saw the multitude he was moved with compassion. And the fact that Jesus had a burden for these people, Jesus had compassion for these people, but his compassion led to action. And um, it, it, that's where the Lord really laid it. My heart is I, I see the multitudes just like Jesus did. And, you know, scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And, you know, the corresponding verse that is another one, a familiar one became real in my heart is over in Romans 10 and 14. You know, we, we believe verse 13, for whosoever shall yes, call sir. upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But verse 14 says, how shall they call on him in whom they not believe? How shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? Amen. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Amen. And, uh, Know, that, that was the verse the Lord was using in my wife's life as well, and uh, seeing what the Lord was doing. But you know, the fact is, the call become personal when here is a town with uh, you know a church that needs a pastor, but in a county that only has one independent Baptist church, four independent Baptist churches in the whole Magic Valley, and there are people in this county that would I believe would believe. 
would call on the Lord to save them. And we've seen that since we've been here. And even today, the Lord's working on people from this Amen. morning and texting my wife and stuff. So they would. But the key is, how shall they hear without a preacher? Yes, sir. And I guess what become personal as far as the call in my life is, you know, I was raised back home, you know, North Carolina, the Bible Belt, camp meetings, revivals, all that, and, and loved it. And uh, thank God for it, because yes, that's sir. where I got my roots and grounded. Um, but, you know, why not me? Um, you know, why, why stay there when there's a church here, there's an area here, there's church that need to be planted. And I basically just, you know, just gave myself a fresh yes, to the sir. Lord and said, Lord, if this is where you want to put me, I'm willing to come. And uh, allowed, allowed that compassion, not just to be a burden, but to move me into action. Yes, and sometimes sir. I think that's where a lot of Christians kind of get hung up is they have that compassion if they've got any walk with the lord they get that compassion that burden but allow it to motivate you into action to do something about it and that's where god made it personal in my life was uh, he wanted me to do something about it and i can't save anybody but i'm willing yes, sir. my wife was willing to leave everything there to move here uh, to serve the lord yes sir i've always said that uh compassion is passion and action there's a lot there of go. people that are passionate about things and I, I believe when that COM gets added on the front, yet that's that's the love, the the fervor for something or someone that we have. It's that compassion is passion going into action. Well, um, thank you for telling us about that. And the next question I want to ask you is, uh, can you tell us about the people God's called you to? Because we think, you know, in the South, we think, oh, everybody's heard the gospel. We live in America. Everybody knows about Jesus. Uh, you know, we've even, I've heard people be very uh, uh, mean-spirited about it, say, oh, they've, they've rejected Jesus. Why do we need to go to them? Can you please, you know, tell us about these people? But even in the fact of describing the difference uh, as you get further west, I know where my brother's at. I don't think there is a, uh, there's maybe one other Baptist church that's similar to an independent Baptist church in his town, but the next one's in Bismarck, I believe. So you're talking about, you know, several hours uh, up in North Dakota. So what? tell us what your the people are like up there. Uh, tell us about the culture and the differences, if you will. Yes, sir. Uh, our, our county as a whole, Gooden County has about us over 17,000 people. And uh, we're in the county seat, uh, Gooding, the city is county seat. And uh, this area is rural. Uh, farmers, uh, everybody jokes about uh, Idaho, you know, potatoes, and they do they do grow that here, but um, a lot of cattle farmers, yes, sir. Uh, dairies, uh, beef beef cows, dairy stuff like that is is kind of the big thing here. Um, we got people in our church that are retired from doing that. Um, people that's been coming that, that's done that. So farming is the big thing. Um, very hard working. Um, very hard work and even other nationalities like there's some uh, population of Hispanics in this area and uh, hard workers they say if the Hispanics moved to Idaho it's because they really want to be a hard worker and farming and they work on these ranches and stuff so that's that's pretty much the uh, as far as the culture here now we're not far from Twin Falls Idaho about 30-40 minutes away from Twin Falls and I mean even in the midst of Twin Falls Twin Falls County's 89,000 people, okay. and uh, there's farmland in the middle of Twin Falls. Yes, sir. And so that, that's kind of it, um, hardworking people. I will say what I've loved about being here 
is I knew what I believed before I come, but since I've been here, the questions people ask yes, you has made me dig even more. And they're most likely they're, they're not going to take your opinion. They want you to take, take them to the Bible. Yes, sir. And when they get grounded, I've done this in one-on-one discipleship, you know, we've got a family that just joined last week. We've had them over in our home many times. He's asked me questions, and I'll take him to the Bible and, and show him different things. And uh, just to, I guess, just to see, you know, for the first time, them hearing these things. This one brother in particular, he saved, got saved out of Mormonism when he was 13. Amen. And uh, but just to hear some of this stuff, you know, new. And once you show them the Bible and you show them what the Bible says in love, you're, you're not going to shake them on what they believe. That They are That's very right. much uh, independent people, uh, very much, uh, and I don't mean this in a, a bad way, kind of hard-headed people. And once they get it made up in their mind what the Bible says about something, they're not going to shake them. Yes, sir. And that's why it's yeah. so important that we, I mean, I think that that is what we're lacking in the Southeast. And I believe the Southeast go into a lot of darkness because we, we're looking for a new thought or some, you know, fancy outline. And I'm for outlines. I'm not against outlines. But we're looking for a nice title. And I believe we've forgotten to teach the the, the fundamentals. And uh, what you're saying is, you know, a lot of those simple truths that I'm sure you're teaching, you 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 find most people in Baptist churches down south, they're going to reject those simple truths just because they're they're setting their ways. And it's a lot. Once somebody does get saved out west, it is it is a lot easier to I've I've seen from from my, my experience to disciple those people, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, that's true. And and uh, you know, one thing about it is when they do get saved, you know, you're not going to. You're not going to get them to doubt it. Yes, sir. One, and then two, as they grow in the Lord, they they that stubbornness that they have is very you know very much there, and and it carries over into the spiritual life as well. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, and, and another thing about it is even like evangelism out here, door knocking. You know, we've done plenty of door knocking here. Um, sometimes people want, and it, it may be this way in different parts of the West, but where I've been door knocking. Um, out of the doors we've knocked, we've only had one or two people, um, you know, reject us being on their porch, knocking yes, their door. And one of them wasn't even really ugly about it. So, you know, the, there's kind of a misconception that they're hard-hearted and don't want to hear anything that uh, you have to say, but that's, that's They're not, not gospel-hardened. They, 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 they've lived no. generations without it, so they're not gospel-hardened. No, sir. And even even my wife, uh, you know, one thing that got us when we moved here, and she shared with me, is, uh, you know, she'd go out in town and, and talk to people about going to church, and you know, they're honest people. Yes, sir. Uh, my wife's had more than one say, you know, no, we don't go to church anywhere. Whereas in the South, you knock on the door, everybody and saved. everybody's saved. They can be <laughs> holding a Budweiser yes, and sir. marijuana smoke be rolling out of their house, but they're saved <laughs> here. If they're not, they're going to be honest with you. If they go to church or they don't, they're going to be honest with you. Uh, if they don't want to go to church, and they'll tell you why. Yes, <laughs> you know, sir. this is why I don't go to church. And so they'll be honest with you. And and that has, in a way, I can appreciate that because at least you know where you stand. That's right. And another thing, too, out here is if they like you, they like you. If they don't, they don't. They're not going to, they don't have that southern hospitality where, you know, 
I'll I'll hug you with one hand and stab you in the back That's with right. the other. <laughs> Friendly to you know face. who likes you and you know who don't, and that kind of makes ministry a little bit, yes, sir. In my opinion, easier. That's right. At least you know where they stand. <laughs> I want to say something to the young preachers. Um, you know, I don't know what all Brother Matthew's doing there, but for when I've seen the missionary church planters out west, he he nailed it. People, when you get west of the Mississippi. There's some hard-working people out there. I'm not saying there's not hard-working people in the East, but I'm telling you, those people, their lives are centered around work. And I, I, I believe that I've seen this with the church plant missionaries. They'll be fully supported, and they go out there, and they're laboring every day at the church and they're in the ministry, and they're doing things. But I believe it almost hinders a church plant missionary when he doesn't have at least a part-time job in the community working because when they see you working, when they see you doing, uh, it makes them respect you. And I, I don't know I don't know, Brother Matthew's position on that as, what, as far as what he's doing personally, but I believe it does help. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yes, sir. You know, at least being willing to work. I mean, we're, That's right. we're set up. Church pays us some, and we have some. I don't have to. That's but right. the church has already seen anything that's needing to be done, anything going on. I'm right there in the middle yes, of sir. it. And they realize you're not scared to work. That's exactly right. Learn their respect. Amen. Well, uh, the next question, and, and this is the biggest one, and, and I've in this this thing I, I you know I told Brother Matthew I did, we're going to talk about finances and the support thing, but the biggest, I want to ask him and ask you, Brother Matthew, what is the biggest obstacle or need in the ministry there? And, uh, you know, on the ground, what's the biggest need that you have? And even Brother Steve uh, Hensley, our friend over there close to you, what's the biggest need y'all have? You call it the Magic Valley, is that right? Yes, sir. What's the biggest need or obstacle in the Magic Valley? Uh, the biggest need is laborers. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, we could talk about a lot of things, but I, I think the bottom line is, you know, laborers being willing to come and uh, work. You know, uh, it, it's been a blessing working along with uh, Brother Nathan Kirkman. And he's yes, been sir. a great influence to me and my wife's life, and, you know, helping us through transitioning here. You know, I often, you know, I've called him a good bit since I've been here uh, just to get advice about doing things and, and different stuff. And he, he's kind of seen the same thing. And uh, that is labors. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, we have you know, need of labors here. Brother Hensley is up there, and I'll, I'll talk about uh, a church plant that he's wanting to do up there, needing that because our burden, my burden, Brother Hensley's burden, Brother Kirkman's burden, as well as others, but th- those those two men are kind of the, the closest ones to me. Yes, since sir. Moved. We all have the same concept in mind. We all have the same idea in mind is that we didn't come here uh to build a or, or try to build not that i'm against numbers by no means we're, we didn't come here to try to build a 500 member church an empire right you want to multiply or divide by multiplying exactly or multiply and by our dividing. Is to get, no, that's fine that's why i took you know one of the reasons i felt led to take solid rock for steve took lighthouse baptist up there in payette was they were struggling churches needing a pastor and uh you know went in there to pastor to build it up then we can use it as uh, you know use it as a mother church uh-huh. to go plant other yes, churches sir. and that that's biblical the book of acts you know you see that happening in the new testament church yes sir uh you see that in baptist history yes, uh, study the sandy creek revival 
there in Liberty, North Carolina, you know, that they, within two years, Shubal Stern's Sandy Creek Baptist Church had 600 people. Yes, sir. Didn't stay there building. They split them off and, and sent them off to different parts, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, Tennessee, and created what is now the Bible Belt. Yes, and even when we were going and presenting the burden, you know, at churches before we moved here, and I, I said this, and I still believe this. I believe there can be a Bible Belt in the West. I, absolutely. And I believe God can send revival out here, and wants to. And uh, but it, it is it, it is laborers that would be willing to come. You know, even if it's just a mission trip to help knock doors, like you said. You know, do tent revivals, yes, whatever. Or you know, somebody come. You know, willing to work along. And something that I've seen in Brother Kirkman's church that's worked real well is. You know, God moves a brother that, you know, and his family that they need to be in the West, but they maybe don't have a town yet. Uh, they're going and helping Brother Kirkman for about six months a year. Get some on-the-job training. Exactly. Learn learn the culture, learn the people, and in that process, I've seen God give them a town, and they'll be sent out directly out of Brother Kirkman's church <coughs> to uh, plant a church in another yes, town. Sir. And, and one thing about it is you still have your ascending church, you know, say North Carolina, or you're from South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, wherever you're from, you have your ascending church, but you've got a strong center church out here that can help you door knock, yes, singing, sit in the pews, you know, do those kind of things. And that's a big deal here when somebody walks, even if you're in a storefront building, if they walk in and they see 10, 15 people sitting in the pews yes, already, they're more prone to stay. Yes, sir. And, uh, or if you it, get sick and have to lay out a Sunday, you know, we think of it back home, you know, in North, I'm from Georgia, you're from North Carolina. If a pastor is down, most likely he's got somebody in the church that could fill in for him. And at worst case, he could call a young preacher from down the road at another Baptist church, you know, five minutes down the road. But up there, I mean, that's non-existent for the most part. And so having connections like that in a church like that, that's that's a real blessing. Yes, sir. Yeah, because Brother Kirkman's about three hours okay. from us down in Utah, and then Brother Hensley's about two and a half north of us. Both of them have, you know, connections. That if something happened, you know, yes, in sir. November, we're planning on taking a little trip back home to see family. I've got a preacher that can come in. And there's even a need for that, um, you know, even if a man doesn't feel led to start a church or even to pastor a church, to come out and live out here and, and help. Be a help. Church planners help pastors and, and kind of be an available evangelist to fill in yes, and do stuff like that. And that's what Brother Mike Rue, he's working with Brother Steve. I know Brother Rue. And that's what he's doing. Yes, sir. Well, my brother, and I think you met my brother Caleb. Um, yes, sir. My brother Caleb, that's what he originally went out west to do was, and that's what he did for years. He based out of one town, he had a camper, and he went all over the, the plains there uh, being an assistant to churches. And it's so sad because back you know, back south, people don't take that seriously, and they a lot of times won't support a man because he's not going out there to plant a church. But those those men are needed just as much. I mean, I know men that have not taken a break in six years, can't take a vacation, can't go because they're the only man. And, and yes. so uh, that that's and I do know Brother Mike Rue as well. That's a blessing that what he's doing, and that's that's what my daddy or my my dad, my brother did for a while before he took the church where he's at now. Yes, sir, for sure. And Brother Jerry Smith, I believe, with Macedonia, he uh, 
I think that's what he does as well. Now, you said you had some stats. Is that right? Do you yes, have sir. those? Could you give those? And listen, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm listening to Brother Matthew, and I believe if any missionary, be honest, laborers would be the – uh, the biggest need most of the time but jesus remember jesus said in matthew 9 pray ye therefore the lord of the harvest that he may send forth laborers into his harvest and i'll not go into preaching a message on it but they he asked the disciples in the context brother matthew that's his disciples in that text and you go to the next chapter it says and when he had called unto him his his 12 disciples he gave them power and then verse 5 it says these 12 Jesus sent. And yep. so I, the very men he asked to pray about the harvest and laborers are the very men he ended up calling, equipping, and sending. And I believe sure. most people are not praying for the harvest or won't, won't consider the harvest or will not put any thought to the harvest because I believe they're afraid God will call them. But, but if you're listening today, uh, just like God called Brother Matthew out there, God's called me to do what we're doing I believe this. If God calls a man, he is going to equip a man. He gave them power, and then he will send you. God did not save us to sin. And I heard somebody somebody commented on the Who Will Go page the other day. Uh, it said, you know, it's it, sometimes it's just people's uh, job to stay and send others. Well, here's the thing. Brother Matthew was going in his home church before he ever went to Idaho. And you may never go to Zimbabwe or Idaho or wherever, but God has called you, whether you're a preacher or not, whether you're a lady or a man, whoever, God has called each one of us to go across the street and to tell somebody about Jesus and, and to tell others about Jesus. And I believe we've lost that in our churches. So uh, don't cut yourself off. You, uh, this idea of you have to be a preacher to be a missionary, that's false. They need helpers yes. out there. They need piano players and Sunday school teachers. And we've got people sitting in pews their whole life in the Bible Belt. The Bible Belt's come unbuckled. The, the gospel, the, the, it's getting more and more gospel hardened. And I believe less and less of the true gospel is being preached. And we've got a generation dying and going to hell. 7.7 .7 billion people simply because people, wow, well, I'm not a preacher. That great commission, you know, it just, it don't apply to me. No, friend, it applies to every single one of us. So uh, don't 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 negate what all Brother Matthew's saying just because you may not be a preacher or you may not be a man or what have you. Uh, you God wants you to be involved in the Great Commission, and it may be praying, and it may be that if you start praying, God may send you. And uh, I thank God for that. Brother Matthew, give us those uh, stats before uh, we sign off here, if you will. Yes, sir. The, the state of Idaho, uh, I looked it up, and I, I used some of the information for Brother Stephen Sykes' yes, website. Sir. Be salt. Be salt. And uh, there's 17 counties in the state of Idaho that has no independent Baptist church in it whatsoever. Uh, you can go to Be salt, you know, their website, BSAW, yes, and I can't remember if it's .com or .org, dot org, but uh, you can go on there and, and search by state. It'll be color-coded, you know, red, yellow, light green, dark green, and it's based on the population, and I'd encourage people if they yes, go sir. search that, you know, whatever state you want to look at. But uh, there's 17 counties with no independent Baptist church in it at all. There's 17 other counties based on population, that may have one independent Baptist church in it, but because of the population size and the here is not as much in some areas. It is the population, 
but some of it is how big uh, square miles a county may be. Yes, sir. So you could have, you know, two or three independent Baptist churches may not be as many uh, population, but because of how long it takes to drive through a county, uh, have another another church in it. Uh, our county, once again, is Gooding County. Gooding County has 17,000. And on his uh, map, you'll see us dark green because based on population, our church should be able to reach that. Uh, but I would even say in, in our county, there's Gooding, there's Hagerman, there's Wendell, there's Bliss, there's Tuttle that are <clears throat> the main towns in our county. And Hagerman's 30 minutes away. Yeah, they need a church. So, yeah, and Hag Hagerman, uh, I believe, could could hold a church. Um, a, a county that I'm praying about is Camas County. Camas County is directly to the north of us. We've actually got a family that just joined that's driving 45 minutes to church. And uh, Camas County um, does not have an independent Baptist church in it. Uh, we've been praying about it. Um, it is a big vacation area. A lot of people come through Fairfield going up into the mountains. To uh, we're, we're right here at the Sawtooth Mountain. Yes, sir. And uh, you get up you get up in there. So you've got an opportunity to reach that town, but you also have opportunity to reach a lot of uh, people coming through uh, on vacation and camping and stuff like that. Um, Blaine County is an hour and a half uh, from us. Blaine County is 21,000 people and uh, doesn't have an independent Baptist church. Uh, Lincoln County's to the east of us. We've got a family that drives from there. Uh, that's about 25 minutes away. And uh, that doesn't, you know, 25 minutes is not far. They're willing to drive it. Uh, people really know what they believe and they're saved. They'll drive the 25 minutes to 45 minutes. But uh, Lincoln County has a little over 5,000 people. Most of those live in Shoshone, which is the town 25 minutes from us. Uh, Saved people will drive that, but a lot of times lost people, I, I mean, you go knock on their door, but they're most time lost person, they're not going to drive 40 minutes to come hear some ball-headed uh, redneck preacher preach. You know, No offense. <laughs> that's it. No, that's it. Um, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up, is I think sometimes we've lost uh, sight of, because we kind of look at the big towns, the big population. Yes, um We've lost the, the vision of the one soul. That's it. I, I preached it this morning. I believe it. I, I may be wrong, but I've always believed it. Uh, that if I was the only person to ever live on the earth, Christ would still come and die for me. That's right. And with that idea in mind, I believe he would have because I needed to be saved. Yes, sir. So, you know, yeah, Shoshone may have 5,000 people and only 25 minutes away, but it means a lot out here to have a church in your community yes, that's active. They see you knocking doors. They see you, you know, uh, having service. They see your Facebook page. Going or, to funerals. Yeah. I mean, all kind of stuff. I mean, you know, just little things here. I went in the local funeral home and gave them my card and told them, if you ever have a family yes. that doesn't have a preacher, I'll preach. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, different things like that, just kind of thinking outside of the box, the nursing home. Yes, sir. And like that, you know, people need to be saved in there. And one is, you know, Grandma gets to talking about this redneck preacher from North Carolina coming in there, and they they give them some candy and 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 preach and sing. You know, it it, it gets out there because some of these small towns, door knocking works obviously, mail outs work, having meetings, but word of mouth out here yes, has sir. gotten more people in our church 
um, personal just, touch. Let me just give this example. In, in the last five weeks, we've been doing drive-in church. Yes, sir. And as far as I know, us and maybe two other churches in the whole Magic Valley's had anything, and and they're not Baptist. We are the only, as far as I know, independent Baptist church in the Magic Valley that had something other than mm-hmm. Facebook. And we went from having about 20, 25 to 30 a Sunday to last Sunday we had 65. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's from people talking. That personal touch, that's what makes a difference. Yes, sir. So, you know, don't lose it. And when when I encourage young men, you know, we need preachers in the big cities, but some of the small towns are being forgotten too. you know, there's got two or three thousand people for that. That's two, two to four thousand people that need Jesus, yes, need sir. the gospel. And yeah, we're planning on doing outreach in these towns. We're, we're planning on going door knocking, mail outs, all kind of stuff in these areas. But if they've got a church in that town, uh, it means a lot. And, and you know, exactly you, right. you may never run over a hundred people, but we're, we're not necessarily in it for the numbers. We're in it to get the gospel. That's people. right. And, and, you know, but anyway. Yeah, that's one thing to think about. Uh, you got Minidoka County. Minidoka County is about an hour away. 21,000 people, no independent Baptist church. Casia County, 22,000 people, uh, one independent Baptist church. Power County, 7,000 people, no independent Baptist church. You go north of us or north northwest of us, you got Ada County, which is Boise. Uh, Ada County has 481,000 people. Canyon County next to it has 229,000. This was I didn't know this till this morning when I was writing this down. There's 711,000 people in those two counties. And in those two counties, there may be a half a dozen independent Baptist churches. And I'm not throwing rocks, but I know one of them is a Stephen Anderson church. Yeah. And the other one... And we decry everything. We're against everything... Uh, Stephen Anderson's promoting. I just want to go ahead and say that. But go ahead, brother. Yes, sir. Matthew. And that's why I don't count him. But when yes, I say sir, six, I six technical independent Baptist churches, that's one. And I believe there's one or two over there that is affiliated with a, a gentleman that was out of Florida many yes, years sir. ago. So uh, I'll leave that for people to speculate who I'm talking about. <laughs> If you want to call their name on your on your Facebook page, you can. <laughs> but I would say three, three to four solid independent Baptist churches that I would take my family to. Yes, sir. Um, in a count in two counties of seven hundred thousand people, and this is what caught me this morning is forty percent of the whole population of the state of Idaho live in Ada and Canyon County. Wow. In two counties, 40% of the whole state's population, because there are only 1.7 million people in the whole state. So seven, over 700,000 people live in those two counties. That could, you, And this one thing that really touched my heart when I reached out to you last week is that on a political page that I'm on, somebody commented and said, is anybody having any kind of church in Boise? And I commented and said, uh, we're having it in Gooding. I know that's an hour and a half drive. I'm, I just let him know, but I begin to look independent Baptist yes, churches. Sir. Nobody in Ada or Canyon County was having any kind of drive-in church or anything that people could physically go Man. to. And, uh, but uh, lastly, you got um, Jim County. Uh, the Jim County is is 
on the other side of Boise. That is where brother Steve Hensley, Steve Hensley's in Payette County, but about 30 minutes from him is the town of Emmett. And I believe he said uh, Emmett has about five, five to 7,000 people, I believe is what he said. Jim County has 18,000 and there's no independent Baptist church in uh, Jim County. And he's starting a uh, work. They had a tent meeting there last summer. Yes, and uh, they've, they've got some people over there interested before the coronavirus still started spreading. He had a place to meet. And he's really praying that a, a man would be willing to come and work. I know Brother Joe Simmons. Do you know Joe I Simmons? I do, out of Mississippi. He, uh, Brother uh, Billy Ray Bonds is pastor at North Spoon. They support us monthly. Yes, sir. Brother Joe uh, I haven't got to meet him yet, but from talking to people, he's a good brother. Great and young he's man. in the process of trying to raise his support uh, and going to work along with him. So, you know, just a lot. I, I could go on and on and on about it, but that is pretty much it, brother. Yes, I mean, you know, the laborers, the counties are there, the towns are there, but Brother Hensley's got it, like I said, in Emmett. Sounds uh, like if, very if reachable people, coming, too. Yeah, if people would just, you know, preachers, you know, well, I just don't know. This is what I encourage people. I've got a brother uh, back in North Carolina that is praying and, well, you know, seeking the Lord's will, and, and he's he's praying about starting a church down in Twin Falls. Twin Falls County has 89,000 people in one independent Baptist church, and uh, it's just a lot of people. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of uh, refugees been brought into Twin Falls, yes, sir. Hispanic stuff like that. So you got a good variety of people there that you could even do some, you know, international outreach right there in Twin Falls. But there's a brother back home that is praying about coming. And I just encourage him. I said, if you're not sure, I said, uh, you know, come out and spend a few days, bring your family, spend a week, and um, just see if this would be something the Lord would have to do. Kind of learn the people, see our church, go, go travel, see some of these towns. And you don't have to make a, a rash decision because people say, well, how can I choose? I'm in North Carolina, South Carolina, somewhere in the South. How can I make a, a decision to go when it's so far away? And that's why I encourage people, if you, if you feel, you know, the Lord leading you in a certain direction, go for a week. That's right. And just just pray about it and see what the Lord would have you to do and go from there. Amen. Well, and, and you may you may be listening or watching this, uh, whichever avenue you're watching or listening, and you may be asking, you know, uh, what what could I do? Well, he already mentioned Brother Nathan Kirkman, uh, maybe, basically like an internship out there uh, working, and I think that's great. Brother Todd Bell up in Maine does a measure of that as well. I think it's a tremendous yeah. program. Uh, you say, well, I just got a Bible college degree. Well, that don't always mean you need to go right into into ministry. Uh, sometimes you need some on-the-job training. We all do. We all need that. But um, go. Go see it. Thine eye affected thine heart, and uh, go see it. I, my brother, uh, originally, he, he just went up to the upper Midwest to start um, working on buildings that people yeah. had bought to start churches in. And boom, now he's in North Dakota. Uh, you know, go and, and see the field. Uh, go Go overseas. Go out. Uh, go out west and see the field. People have this idea that all Americans know the gospel, and and they don't. And uh, so, if you would, it, I'm going to put Brother Matthew's contact information in this uh, at the end of the video or in the description. And if you would like to talk with him, you can. Uh, if you would like to support him, we'll have that. Where, are, do you, are you fully supported, Brother Matthew? Yes, sir. Right at it. Okay. 
And, and, and listen, don't let that keep you from supporting him because here's the thing. He may stay at Solid Rock the rest of his life, but if he starts planting churches and buying buildings and, and putting men and, and supporting church men, men out of his church to go plant these churches in these other towns, he's going to need that support. It aggravates me so badly that churches all over the southeast and, and all over the country, really, that don't understand west of the Mississippi, they will say, well, we'll support you two years. How many churches y'all know that just go start from scratch and they're they're they got 50 tithers in two years that doesn't exist so give these guys a break they they need to get established but then they need to reproduce themselves and they cannot reproduce themselves out west without that support so uh pray about this uh pray and pray for brother matthew and his family and a young family out there serving jesus and ask yourself i i all my who will go videos Ask the Lord, what can I do to fulfill the Great Commission? And as we always do, I want to ask you, who will go? Who's going to go out west and reach these souls for Christ? So until next time, uh, I'm Brother Chris. This is Brother Matthew. God bless you, and have a good day. Don't you hear my Savior calling? I said, who will go and work today? Yes, fields are ripe and harvest waiting. Who will bear?